So thankful for what the Lord is doing this morning. There's just been a theme that's been here all morning, just the blood of Jesus, the access that we have through him. Uh, Faith Balance came up with a word just about us recognizing the power and authority that we have in the cross. And, And I feel this morning that wherever you are with the Lord, that you are going deeper with him and I feel like he's going to renew our minds and and give us greater revelation of the incredible access that we have to the throne of God through his blood. You have a great high priest. this, This morning, it's not about what you've done or what you haven't done. Your high priest is amazing. And he has done incredible things. And... There's not a one of us in the room that really has an idea of how great and how awesome what we have been given in Christ is. The amazing privilege of coming before him. You know, I've just been thinking a lot about access this week. You know, Marcy and I were at a conference last week, and, you know, there were some people who had all-access passes. (laughs) Like, we didn't have an all-access pass. We did have access through friends and relationship. But, you know, you, you sit on an airplane, and there's people who have access to the front part of the airplane. Uh, most of the time, I'm not on the front. I'm looking at the veil, just wishing I could get through the veil, you know. But I want to tell you something. Your high priest has given you all access, pass, to everything that matters, And how many of us here, too, have seen the Lord open doors on earth? I want to tell you, if he can open doors in heaven, he can open doors on earth. And and I've been places, I've had God get me places where people said, you can't go there. One time I was at a trial. There was was a family whose, whose son was actually on trial for murder. And I had gone down just to be with this family and... I, need, I wanted to pray over this man who had been accused of this crime. And uh, there was no way to get, ac- you know, I didn't have any legal access to get back to talk to this man. And, and I was just like, Lord, you've got to get me in. You've got to get me in. And there was just no way to get in. And finally, I saw this man. And the Lord said, he's the judge. I want you to go tell him what you do. And I want you to ask him to give you access to pray over this young man who's about to stand trial. And so I went up to the man. I said, hey, I, I'm here. I'm a pastor. And I just feel like God wants me to pray over this man. Will you let me in to pray with him? He let me in and I got in to pray over him. I can't tell you how many times I've, I've been able, the Lord has given me access when I needed to get in hospital rooms. So they said, no, you can't get in there. When God says you're going somewhere, you're going somewhere. And the most important access, the access that really matters, is the access to the presence of God. No amount of money can buy it. No, per, no earthly person can grant that access. There's only one person, your great high priest, who can give you that access. And I believe this morning that the Lord is going to be renewing our minds from old thinking, from thoughts and things that have, that have held us back that would keep us from fully receiving and accessing all that we have in Jesus. So we're going to be looking in Hebrews. You read Hebrews 10. That's awesome. I'm going, to, I'm going to hit Hebrews 4 this morning. But before I do that, 
um, I want to introduce a friend of mine, uh, Russell Black, who happened to be stranded here. He's trying to get access to a plane flight today. It's been kind of crazy flying lately. And uh, Russell, wave your hands. Russell is, uh, I sat down at a table in Chris Valentin's backyard. I don't know what year it was. It was many pre-COVID. It's like, I don't know, time is going back the, the years anyway. Is that just me, or is any, I'm, the only, I'm the only one? Okay. <laughs> but anyway, and, and I was, it was in my heart to go to Cuba. And I sat down with Russell, and he's like, I've been going into Cuba for 25 years. And <laughs> this man right here is, is the real deal who uh, has seen the power of God released all over Latin America. Uh, but we've had quite... A, few adventures in, uh, in Cuba, and I've been with him three times, and I could tell you stories all morning of things that God, that we saw God do, places we went, times we were there where we went in and they said, you know, like, hey, you, you, can't, you, can't, uh, you can't read from your Bible here, but you can tell your testimony, and so you figure out a way to tell your testimony with every Bible verse you know. For an hour, <laughs> and God moves. And there's been times like, hey, if I give you a signal, you know, it's just been fascinating. And Russell, I'm just so thankful for you. Marcy and I love you and Carrie. Uh, we, we love what you carry <laughs> and bring in the nations. And it's really an honor to have Russell uh, here with us today. Um, so also, we're going to be out in the park again. We've already, already mentioned this. Um, there we go. This Friday night, bring someone with you. Come and uh, let's see Jesus work miracles in our park. Amen? That he is a miracle-working God. Do the lights get any brighter? See, is this as bright as they go? Awesome. All right. All right. We're going to draw near with confidence. And from the... Oh, yes. I like that. I can see from the beginning, God has been after you. Like even in the garden, man sinned, disobeyed God, and God ran after him. Like there wasn't this thing of like, hey, you know, I, I, I don't want to be around him now. He said, no, no. God was pursuing man. He's like, where are Adam and Eve? Like, he, he wants fellowship. God likes you. He loves your presence. You love his presence, but I want you to know, he loves your presence. He loves your voice. He loves the sound of your heartbeat. He loves to hear you breathe. He loves walking with you. He's crazy about you. And so... That has been God's plan from the beginning was that we walk in this intimacy and in this incredible relationship with him. And so in, the, in our Bibles, we have, you know, we have an Old Testament, we have a New Testament, and there's an Old Covenant and a New Covenant. And I feel like today that the Lord wants to give us some revelation because the two are very different. And it's important 
as I read in the Old Covenant, that I read the Old Covenant now in the eyes of the New Covenant. I don't want to read the Old Covenant now like Jesus did not come and shed his blood. So when I'm reading something in the Old, Old Covenant now, in the Old Testament, I read it through the finished work of the cross and through the revelation that we have in the New Covenant, in the New Testament. And, and I want to talk some about that this morning. Uh, Jeremiah, the Lord spoke to the prophet Jeremiah, and this is also repeated in Hebrews chapter 8 in the New Testament. It says, Behold, days are coming. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we live in the days that the days have come? Like, I believe we live in the most amazing time in all of history to be alive. We live in the time now where the prophets of old looked ahead and said, man, I wish I could live then. You live then, then is now. And we live in amazing days of opportunity in the Lord. So days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant. Can you say new covenant? <laughs> with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah. Not like the covenant which I made with their fathers. So he says, look, I'm, I'm coming and I'm going to do something. And it's not going to be like the covenant that you're living in now, Jeremiah. It's not going to be like the, the old covenant. It's not going to be like the law. It's going to be very different. In the day that I took them by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt, my covenant which they broke, although I was a husband to them, declares the Lord. So the Old Covenant, as you read the law, was, you know, even as, as, as Moses went up the mountain, the people were like, no, you go up there. <laughs> we're going to stay down here. And so Moses is up there going to encounter God, and everyone else is like, you know, someone else goes encountering God, but I don't, I stand afar off. Someone else goes for me. I never would enter the holy place. And there's some priests who have special access to God. But now we live in a new covenant where we all live in the presence of God. I get to go to God myself. You don't have to have someone go to God for you this morning. You have direct access to the King of Kings himself. I live in the holy place, and every single one of us has full access to God himself. You understand, like there's not some kind of package deal. Like that I have like some kind of, like because I'm standing up here with a microphone today, like I have some kind of upgraded access. You know, I got the first class package. No, we all have the first class package. There, there is no one on the earth who has more access to God than you have right now. Because you have access through the blood of Jesus. There's only one way. So Jeremiah 31, 33, this is the covenant I will make after those days. I will put my law within them and on their heart I will write it. So in the old covenant... You're trying to do something that's outside of you. You're, you're trying to obey something that is not in your heart to do that. It's not a very good place to be, is it? 
And basically, that's what we see is that it, it, didn't, it doesn't work. And so now, where is the law of God? The law of God's within, within you. Absolutely. And so we have inward heart motivation and empowerment. And anything that God tells you to do, he puts more than enough power inside of you to do it. In fact, Christ himself is living in you and he wants to do it through you. It's amazing what what we have been given in the new covenant. And Ezekiel prophesied this also. He said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and I will give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you. I will even cause you to be careful to observe my ordinances. This is what we live in. Holy Spirit is in you. Christ is in you. In fact, the Christian life is not trying to obey God. The Christian life is Christ himself living through you. He's the only one who can live the Christian life. Paul says, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And so the Spirit of God is now inside of you. Powerful. To fully follow God. To produce things in you that you could never produce in your flesh in a billion years. There is more love in you than you have ever imagined. There is joy. All the fruit of the Holy Spirit is in you because Holy Spirit himself is in you. And so the desire and ability to do God's will is within you. And you have now been made righteousness. You are the righteousness of God. In Christ Jesus. So in the old covenant, the law was externally mandated and imposed. Now the law is internally rooted and implanted within you. And so when I speak to you this morning, I don't want to just go pick something, you know, some scripture where the Lord is speaking to people before the cross and telling them, you know, how, how they've sinned and all these things and all that. I'm, and I'm not saying we should never address sin. But I don't want to talk to you like you're not righteous. And when the new covenant addresses people who sin, I am speaking to saints who just happen to sin. Sin is no longer who you are. You are not a sinner. You are a saint who may sometimes sin. But that's no longer who you are. And you are dead to sin. And alive to God. So in the old, the law was externally mandated and imposed. And now the law is within you and implanted within you. So as I, as I speak to you this morning, I'm not trying to make you do something you don't want to do. I'm not trying to... motivate you enough (laughs) to do something, I'm actually speaking to who you are. And I'm calling out who you are 
And I want to agree with who Holy Spirit says you are. And so the law is rooted and planted in you. The old covenant is man demonstrating what he can do for God. The new covenant is God demonstrating what he can do for and through man. Jesus never requires anything of you that he has not already deposited in you. Wow. We live in a new covenant in Christ. So the second thing he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. We have been brought into intimate relationship. We have been brought into inheritance. We are now the people of God. We have been made part of his family and adopted and made co-heirs in Christ. So we're now part of his family. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. Verse 34, they will not teach again each man his neighbor and each man his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they will all. They will all know me from the least to the greatest of them, declares the Lord. So in the new covenant, we've all been given intimate relationship with God. And you can know God as much as you want to know God. You can have as intimate a relationship with God as you want to have. You can have as an intimate with God relationship with God as any person who ever Walk the face of the earth. In fact, through what Jesus did on the cross, you can walk with God the same way he walks with God. The same relationship that Jesus had, the intimacy, hearing God, living and moving and flowing in the power and the revelation of Holy Spirit. You have been given that capacity through him. Matthew 22, he said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind. This is what, when Jesus was asked, you know, what is this all about? It's all about intimacy with him. It's all about knowing him. Living in that intimate place. And where, whatever place that has been in your life, I believe there's more. And I believe we're going deeper. And I believe that God is giving us a greater revelation and freeing us from thoughts that would hold us back from that. Jeremiah 31, 34, second part of the verse says, For I will forgive their iniquity and their sin I will remember no more. You know, you read, you read the old covenant about, you know, don't do this, don't do that, don't do that, don't do this. And then you read about the new covenant and God's saying, This is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I've given you. I've made you righteous. This is who you are. It's about what Jesus has done for us on the cross. So the new covenant is all about forgiveness and restoration. And we serve a God who is mighty to forgive. And mighty to restore. So in the old covenant we see people trying to please God. You're doing things for God. 
in the new covenant, it's God showing what he can do for us and through us. It's, it's a radical, radical shift. We're not here this morning trying to please God. We're here knowing and enjoying the pleasure of God. We're not worshiping to please him. He's not up there like, well, I, I, I need some worship so, so I can be happy with you. No. We are worshiping this morning because he is happy with us. <laughs> and because he is just worthy of worship. We're not worshiping to try to earn something this morning. We're not even worshiping to try to get somewhere. We are somewhere. And I feel like we spent a lot of years even thinking like, well, we have to worship an hour to break through into something. And now we've learned we start in something. And we start in the holy place, whether we feel it or not. <laughs> and so we're here and we're, we're in the holy place. The old, you see this all the time, if you will, you shall not. If you will obey all. But in the New Testament, seven times when God's talking about the new covenant, he says, I will. I will. And I want to tell you something. You live in the time of the I will of God. <laughs> we live in the time of the new covenant. It's amazing what he's given us. The, the old covenant, you shall do this and not do this. In the new covenant, God says, I've given you this. I will. I will do this. So in the old covenant, we obey so that we can be a part. And this is, this is a really big, really big thing that, that's so important for us to get. In both the Old Covenant and the New Covenant, are you out there this morning? Hello? Testing? Okay. Andrew's here. Yep. In the Old Covenant, you obey so you can be a part, but in the New Covenant, you obey because you're a part. We still obey God, but I'm not obeying God, again, so that he'll be pleased with me. I'm obeying God because he is pleased with me. And I, I'm obeying him because I walk in intimacy and relationship and because I love him. And he's put Holy Spirit inside of me. And Holy Spirit is talking to me. The Holy Spirit is giving me power and strength to overcome. And so in the old, you obey so you can be accepted. But in the new, you obey because you are accepted. It, it's radical. Again, not like the old covenant. In the old, I obey in my strength, but now even I obey out of the power of the Holy Spirit that is inside of me. That's amazing. So I want to jump to Hebrews in Hebrews 4:14, because I felt like this week as, as I was praying. There's some things that the Lord's going to do as, as we look in this this morning. Because there's, there's places we've got to go in the Spirit. <laughs> there's things that He wants to do through us that I feel like there's revelation in this passage that's really, really going to help us. And so Hebrews 4.14 says... Since we have a great high priest, say great high priest, who has passed through the heavens, 
Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. So you have a great high priest. And that's why and how you connect with God. It's not about what you did or what you didn't do this week. Your high priest is still great, no matter what you did this week. And your high priest has passed through the heavens. And this signifies, you know, one, it signifies victory. <laughs> he's, he's passed through, you know, it tells us in Ephesians that, that he, he who ascended is, for, is he who descended. And so he has passed through and he has won and declared victory in every realm. And by the way, again, this chair, this chair, <laughs> this is not a chair. <laughs> That's really good. We're getting somewhere now. <laughs> All right, you can do this. This table. All right, can we say, yeah, come on. Yeah! Help him, Lord. This table is not reality. The invisible realm is reality. Things are changed by invisible reality. All the center of all creation and all reality is a throne. And I, I want us to think, some, I think sometimes we think of like, you know, heaven's up here, reality's up here. But when you read the book of Revelation, reality is about people around a throne. And I think we need to think more circular in our thinking like everything in the universe is run from the throne room of God. And you have full access to that throne room. And it's in that throne room that things happen that affect what we see. The universe is not being run from the White House. Sorry to tell you that. <laughs> the universe is run from a throne room. What matters happens in the invisible realm. And the people who've been given the authority to affect and shape things in the invisible realm are the people of God. We are declaring the mysteries of God, and we are the ones who have been given authority and access. Somebody has been given the keys of the kingdom, and it's those keys that really matter. You have been given those keys. You have been given authority accessing the very throne room of God that really matters. I don't have access right now to the White House. Now, God can get me there in a second, right? And he can get you there. But I have access to the very throne room of God, to the King of kings and Lord of lords himself. I am not a victim. I am not powerless. 
I am seated in the heavenlies with Christ Jesus. And I am here to bring his kingdom on the earth. And there is victory. Jesus has passed through the heavens. I am not here to scrape by and hope that there will be some victory. I live from victory. Because of my great high priest. And because of what he's done. And because he defeated death, hell, and the grave. And he rose again on the third day. So Jesus has passed through the heavens. And I believe if he's passed through the heavens that he wants to take me places, heavenly places, because there's places in the heavens I have to go so that I can release what I see in the heavens on the earth. And so there's things he wants to show us. There's places he wants to take you in the spirit. You know, John said on on the Lord's day, I saw an open door. And, and he stepped through that door. There are doors that God has opened for us and places that he wants us to go in the spirit so that we can loose what we see and experience in the spirit in heaven on the earth. And what I'm trying to say to you is that where you're going, there are more encounters with the Lord that you're about to have so that you can release on the earth what you taste and receive from heaven. That... You are like a heavenly portal releasing the kingdom of God, the life of God, the breath of heaven on the earth. That's you. You've been given access. You live and breathe the air of heaven while you live and breathe the air of this earth at the same time. This is not your home. Your home is in heaven. You're going to be there for a billion years. You're here for a short time to bring what's from your home onto this earth. To bring the culture, the breath, the life that you know is reality because you've tasted it, you've seen it, you've been there. Because greater is he who's in you than he who's in this world. And so you are bringing that reality to the earth. And your high priest has passed through the heavens And he knows if he can pass through the heavens, I believe he can get you anywhere you need to go. In heaven or on earth. And so you have a victorious high priest. He is amazing. And this high priest, it says he is not a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses but one who has been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. So your high priest is great, your high priest is victorious, and your high priest is sympathetic. He sympathizes with our weaknesses. That Greek word means to have a fellow feeling with. And what's so amazing is that your high priest actually knows what it's like to live on this earth because he came and, and he took on flesh and he became, he became the God man, fully God, fully man. Jesus himself manifest on the earth. And so he was tempted in all things. How many things? Do you think he knows what it's like to be tempted? Every type of temptation? 
In fact, when you read the book of Luke, you see the 40 days that Jesus was there fasting, walking through the wilderness, led by the Spirit. He was tempted not just like at the end of it. He was walking through temptation the entire time. He encountered every single type of temptation. He knows what it's like to be tempted. So, let me ask you this. Jesus was tempted. Is it a sin to be tempted? No, it's not. And so it's really important to to recognize that. Just because some thought comes through. See, the enemy wants you to immediately feel bad and feel like you need to withdraw from the presence of God when you're tempted. What do you need to do when you're tempted? You need to draw near. Yeah. And by the way, God's not ashamed of your temptation. (laughs) And so... In a moment of temptation, we draw near to him because we know he knows exactly what it's like to be tempted. And, and let me say this, I need to find the right way to say it. He actually knows what sin is like. Not because he sinned, but what did he do? He took it all. So he's not afraid of it. And so for some of you here, there's a place where you have this area of temptation in your life that you've not been drawing near to God in that temptation because of shame. And the Lord is saying, I want you to draw near to me even when you are tempted. I tell you, there's some things I finally got free from when I finally just stopped and said, God, why am I struggling with this so much? Would you show me? Would you help me see what's going on here? Is there something I don't know? Is there something that needs to be healed? And many times the Lord has shown me something that happened earlier in my life. And he's like, I want to heal this. I want to restore this. And this is why you're being tempted so much in this area. And then you let him come in and heal and restore. You forgive if there was an offense there with someone. So we have an amazing, sympathetic high priest Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to move on from that. Hebrews 2.18. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who were tempted. So let us therefore draw near with what? Confidence. Yeah. Your confidence level in drawing near to the throne of God is about to increase. Because how you draw near affects what you can access. That's why he's saying, he's like, I, I, don't, I don't want you to come before the throne of God. Like, you know, well, I'm just barely going to come in. I'm, you know, I haven't done everything I needed to do. I never, I never pray enough. I never read my Bible enough. I've missed an opportunity to talk to someone about Jesus and, and all of that. And so... So what that type of thinking produces is that maybe I can just kind of stand somewhere off out here and just get a little bit of mercy and grace from God. When Jesus has given us full, complete access to everything, we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. 
And he wants you to come, no matter what your life has been with, you need mercy and you need grace. And that grace is found before his throne. Is there anything that you could do today to improve what your high priest has done? (laughs) No. No. He's perfect. He's perfect. He is the only way that you come before God. So in the Old Covenant, I want to purify, I want to try to get things together before I come before the Lord. And this is something I just, I felt this week that, that is so important for us to get right now. Where we are going is the body of Christ. The purity that God is about to release in the body of Christ. You know, Ephesians 5, it says that, that you know, he's washing the bride. And he's going to present to himself a pure and a spotless, blameless bride. Which, by the way, the context of that passage is the power of the Holy Spirit. He is not saying to us to purify ourselves to enter his presence because the purity that he's about to release in the body of Christ, the greater purity that we're all about to walk in, can never come from our trying to cleanse ourselves. It is only going to come as we run into the presence of our Heavenly Father and He washes us and purifies us in a way that no man can ever purify himself. It only comes from Him. And so, I want us to be careful. Like, even as I read Old Covenant passages about about purity and things, and things that say like, you know, hey, you know, purify before. No. I've already been made a saint. I've been made righteous. And I don't, when there's something in my life that I'm aware of that God wants to get rid of, I no longer have to say, wow, i got to get this out of my life and get this fixed. No, what I do is I run into his presence and I receive grace and mercy and I'm purified from his presence, not from standing aside from his presence. And I just saw the Lord, I just felt this morning that he wants to wash us of any residual mindset that we have that says, get it together before you come to God. God is your together. And to, what he wants to do is coming from deeper places in his presence. So the old covenant is when unclean, withdraw from the presence and from others. But the, like, you know, even people would have to spend so many days like, you know, you're I'm unclean, and so I'm going to go away from people for all this time and have like this time, you know, where I I get purified. Well, I'm glad that people don't do that today. (laughs) But see, I feel like many times we we have done that. Like we struggle 
We need to run to God. And in the New Testament, when you're struggling, you don't run away from the body of Christ. You don't run away from relationship. You run deeper into relationship. Because it even says in the book of James, confess your sins one to another that you may be healed. And so whereas in the old, the unclean means go away now, we come and we receive mercy and grace from God. And the purity the body of Christ needs will not come from trying harder. It will come from entering the throne room and experiencing deeper intimacy with Jesus. And there's we're, I believe, stepping into places of deeper intimacy. And as we come before the throne, we receive the grace of God, which is the empowering presence of God, enabling us to be who we need to be and to do what he's called us to do. And mercy is, is the compassion when we come in our weakness and our sin. So just, th- just think about Jesus. You know, Zacchaeus comes to Jesus. Zacchaeus, tax collector, unclean. And so what does Jesus say to him? You know, Zacchaeus, Get your act together. My disciples are going to go into your house. They're going to cleanse it so I can come in. Get it. Get everything in your life right, Zacchaeus. You haven't treated everyone right. And, and, and then I will come into your house. Is that the gospel? I don't think it reads that way. Jesus goes into Zacchaeus' house. He sits at a table. Intimacy, fellowship with him. Pharisees, <laughs> like, you know, I think the Pharisees are just always thinking, and even the disciples at times, like, Jesus just needs more discernment. <laughs> what is wrong with Jesus' discernment? He doesn't have enough discernment. He would know Zacchaeus is a sinner. You're supposed to stay away from this guy. So, Jesus sits at the table with Zacchaeus, and here's what happens. Behold, Lord, half of my possessions I will give to the poor, and if I've defrauded anyone of anything, I will give it back four times as much. Aren't you thankful that this is the Jesus that we serve? Let us, therefore, draw near with confidence. Confidence. To the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. So how you draw near affects what you can receive. I want you to stand this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, I want you to speak his name, Jesus, 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 what an honor it is to even know your name, to speak your name, Jesus, we love you, Jesus, Jesus.
Jesus. You're such an amazing high priest. Lord, I thank you for where you're taking us. I thank you, Lord, that there there are deeper places in your presence. Lord, I want to thank you for the fresh encounters with you that are coming. I want to thank you for what's waiting as we come confidently because we have such an amazing, great, incredible, sympathetic, victorious high priest that you are Jesus. We are so thankful. And we refuse to live in anything less than the fullness of all that you died for. We will not act like the cross was less than it was. We will not act like you are a weak God or you're a God who needs some performance and some help in this. Lord, you are the living God who did the work on the cross perfectly. There is nothing we can add to what you've done, Jesus. And we stand in the fullness of who you are. We stand in the fullness of your grace and your mercy. We stand with confidence before your throne, Jesus, this morning as those who have full access, as those who receive every spiritual blessing that you have given to us. And we just want to come this morning in Jesus to say that we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love your presence. We love your throne room. We love living with you, Jesus. We love hearing your voice. We love knowing you in the nighttime watches. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. We love the way you've shown us such mercy. We love that we've been able to see your face and to stare into your eyes of fire. We love that we live in heaven right now, Jesus, and we breathe the breath of heaven, Lord, as we're here in these earthly bodies. That heaven is our home. And Lord, I thank you that there's places we've got to go with you. And I I feel like even there's many right now that you're in transition. And I just want to declare over over your life that the most important part of your transition is not what you're doing on earth, but what you're accessing in heaven. And there's things and places that we, we must go and access in heaven to step into what we're about to step into on earth. Jesus, I thank you that you pass through the heavens. And I thank you that you give us full access to all that you are, to everything that you have. And I thank you this morning that you're washing us of old mindsets. I thank you that you're washing us of religious mindsets that would keep us away or distant or out of where you're calling us in this new place of intimacy. And I declare over you that you are his sheep 
and you hear, you hear his voice. Thank you, Lord. Yes. for a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you that the eyes of our hearts are being enlightened we're going to know the hope of your calling and the riches of the glory of the inheritance that we have in you Jesus it's your inheritance the surpassing greatness of your power thank you Jesus you are accepted you are part of the beloved of God. Father, I thank you for the spirit of adoption as sons and that we cry out, Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Let's just say that right now. Abba. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. Such an amazing thing. Almighty God himself. But to you, he is Abba, Father. That's the level of intimacy that you have with him, as you can say, Daddy. To the King of kings and Lord of lords himself, around the throne of God, the very center of all creation, past, present, future, where time doesn't matter. Father, we thank you that we are in that throne room right now, and we can just come before the throne and go, Abba, Daddy, 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 I love you. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. What an amazing life you've given us, Lord. <sighs> Thank you. 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I just want to declare over you today and over my life that you live a draw near to God life. And that you're going to find yourself drawing near to God in ways and places that you've never drawn near to Him before. Because there's so much more. Father, with every breath we breathe, we're drawing near. With every beat of our heart, we are drawing near. In your car, you're drawing near. At home at night, you're drawing near. We draw near to you, God, as we sleep. Lord, we thank you for the places that you're taking us. And what we're about to experience so that we can release it on the earth. Thank you, God. Thank you. 